The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Happy football Friday, one and all. Hello and welcome to the BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL and YouTube. And follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the program today, John Daigle from 4 for 4 and BetSperts will share his favorite prop plays for Week 11. But first, let us discuss Thursday night football. And on a week when we have discussed sorcery, witchcraft, and voodoo on the show. How about just old-fashioned plain demonry? Because last night sucked. It absolutely sucked. Never mind the Ravens covering in the game going over. Bengals coach Zach Taylor said Joe Burrow sprained his wrist on his throwing arm. No word on how much time he could miss. Ravens tight end Mark Andrews will likely miss the rest of the season with an ankle injury. Lamar Jackson may not be 100% now with an ankle problem, though he says he should be ready after the bye. Ravens have suffered other injuries, other guys. Who knows what they're going to look like after the bye? But Joe, with all of these injuries, what are you thinking of when it comes to the Bengals and the Ravens going forward? Yeah, it sucked, and we shouldn't be surprised, not only because it's football, but because this has been the season. This is why I've hated this year. Like Every week we're sitting here and we're trying to handicap backup quarterbacks or QB3s. This is nothing new. It started with Rodgers on the first Monday night game of the season, and then it was Cousins when we were talking about him possibly getting dealt and how the Vikings were going to handle that. Now it's Joe Burrow. We've got Stafford coming back from an injury. We've got Fields coming back from an injury this weekend. Earlier this week, the biggest story was Deshaun Watson. It has been nonstop. I know this happens every year, but you know, once in a while we do get years where the quarterbacks are fine. 
it's not that big of a deal. So um, the Mark Andrews one is really going to be overlooked. And Harbaugh said it right away. Yeah, that is a season-ending injury for Andrews. Mm. And by the way, during the game, there was a moment in time where it looked like Lamar was going to be out. He was rolling around on the ground near the sideline, with dealing with an ankle. Oh, by the way, Gus Edwards. Wait, is he hurt? Oh, no, he's back. He's back, too. This has been nonstop. It stinks. The betting market is telling us all we need to know about the division because the Cincinnati Bengals are 25-1 to to win the division this morning. 25-1 to after that loss. They moved to 0-3 in the division. They're a dog to make the playoffs. Something we we went over earlier in the week. Plus 165 to make a playoffs, make the playoffs. And Burrow is back where he was a few weeks ago before his strong run, 50 to 1 for MVP. I mean, already five losses on the year. It's probably over for the Bengals season. Yep. And that's what we talked about yesterday. This was basically a must win game. And I thought it was weird, Zach. Taylor talking about, oh, I had no knowledge of a pre-existing wrist injury. Yeah, you're the head coach, (laughs) then you should be fired if you don't know what's going on with your players Mm -hmm. because that is absurd. But I'm with you guys. I was so excited yesterday. We finally have a good Thursday night game, and then everyone's dropping like flies. The Mark Andrews thing is huge. I mean, you saw Lamar throw his helmet. He was so mad about that. That's his best and favorite target. How much is he worth to the point spread? I mean, I think Mark Andrews is very important, besides Lamar, to that offense. Like, I don't know where they go from here. It's it's just a lot of concerns all the way around and very frustrating. Just having injuries like that when you should have had a really good game yesterday. It's the Isaiah Likely show out in Baltimore. That's how this is going to work, right? Or this offense, Aaron, is going to have to completely redo itself. I mean, I guess they have the buy in order to do that. So maybe they can incorporate deeper throws, intermediate throws with receivers, things like that. Beckham Flowers, okay, that helps. The running game still fantastic. So I suppose there are ways. But, yeah, you're going to miss who I think is the second best tight end in football and Mark Andrews, no doubt about it. As far as the Bengals are concerned, I think there was definitely a difference, Joe, when it came to, okay, they lose this game, they are not winning the division. That is safe to say. It's too big of a deficit. All of the other teams are either finding ways to win or they are inherently great. It's too much for them to handle. Now, it's like, probably not going to make the playoffs. And Mm -mm. we are figuring out why, seeing Jake Browning play last night, why this is oh so important and why Aaron you're talking about you know Zach Taylor's potential incompetence here as far as not knowing the health of his quarterback because I would argue look every offense in the National Football League when the backup quarterback comes in there's a drop-off right like that's fine like no no we know that the problem though is okay the drop-off from Joe Burrow to just about any backup quarterback to me is a lot more significant than most any other starter. Why? Because this offense runs through Joe Burrow at an alarming rate. By that, I mean, he's the one who's basically in charge of everything. He's the one who makes the engine go. This isn't, say, the 49ers, where Kyle Shanahan is basically the play caller and it's just about execution and then receivers are absolutely wide open. No, this is Joe Burrow's offense. Without him on the field, that is a tremendous loss. We saw what Jake Browning looked like out there. 8 of 14, 68 yards. Yeah, he had a touchdown, but he was sacked three times. He threw into tight windows 
50% of the time. You know what that tells me, Joe? This is a guy who's turnover prone. And you're going up against good pass rushes in the next few weeks. And they will feast on possible turnovers. I think this is horrible news for Cincinnati. Yeah, and and it's a problem for the league. It's a big problem. You want the best out there. And actually, I think Brownie hasn't looked as bad as a lot of the quarterbacks we've seen this year, but we're talking about <laughs> uh, make, making the playoffs. I mean, yeah, we could list 10 guys probably that, that have been worse, but it's still a significant drop-off, a minimum touchdown, maybe even closer to 10 uh, with what you laid out there about Burrow. Uh, let me ask you guys this. When, when you guys were thinking that they would sneak into the playoffs, is this flipping on that? Is that about Burrow or is it about that loss last night? Like, how much does that change? Because, you know, with that loss, okay, we got five teams. No, I'm sorry. We got seven teams that have five losses. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati's one yeah. of them. All, all seven teams are out right now. Houston is holding on to the last playoff spot in the AFC at five and four. Is it about that loss? Is it about being 0-3 in the division? Or is it about being without Burrow? I think it's about being without Burrow. That's the way that I see it. Because I was already anticipating the Bengals to lose this game, in large part because I think the Ravens are probably in a position to run away with this division. It's entirely possible, given who's left, the quarterbacks are going against, all that stuff. I think the Ravens could run away with this thing. The problem, though, is there were other games that I was perhaps expecting them to win just because they were on this evolutionary uptick. And now with Jake Browning in all likelihood playing, that's not going to happen. And defensively, like, yes, they can be fine with longer fields, but you saw what happened last night. Like, against a dynamic offense, even without all of their pieces, the Ravens were able to do just about whatever they wanted to do. This is bad news not having Joe Burrow on a variety of fronts, and I think that's the bigger deal than just one defeat, Aaron. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a combination, just a a big uphill battle to climb, even if you had Joe Burrow healthy still. Like, where they're at, I mean, it's crazy. They have the same record. The Bengals have the same record as the Raiders and the Colts, (laughs) you know, the Bills, too. And the Bills that we buried, yeah. Yes! It's just a really, it's a tough conference, a huge uphill battle to climb. I think it's a combination of both. Now that you don't have Burrow, you got, I kind of want to just bury the Bengals at this point. I don't it's think a tough to climb out of this. Somebody's got to finish yeah. in last place in that division. It's probably going to mm-hmm. be the Bengals now. With the mm-hmm. schedule they have, they have one of the most difficult right. schedules the rest of the way. Yeah, I, I, if I had to pick a team to finish in last, I would say it's going to be the Bengals. Joe, if you could have a mulligan with our AFC wild card standings and projections from earlier in the week, if you could have a redo, how would you shuffle things up knowing full well that Joe Burrow may be missing some time and that the Browns are going with DTR for a little bit and all these other factors? How do you kind of see things playing out now? Mm. See, I was the one that had Cincinnati out. So obviously no change there. They're, They're going to be worse. And so what do I, I have Pittsburgh in, I had Pittsburgh in, I would still keep Pittsburgh in, no change there. Sure. Cleveland's the dicey one. What are we going to see? And we'll talk about it in the breakdown. It was such an awful spot DTR was in, in the one game he did play, thrown in against the Ravens, three interceptions. I'm not going to hold that against him too much. But now the Andrews injury, 
This is potentially brutal. Now, uh, Ravens are, are put themselves in the spot. They have two more wins than anybody else. And, you know, same amount of losses as two other teams there. They're obviously in the driver's seat because they've already got this week locked in. But if Cleveland wins this game like I think they will, I think it's it's going to drag into uh, the later stages of the season that many people are expecting. Uh, the Ravens this morning minus 175 to win the division. I think that's a fair price. I don't I don't think mm-hmm. the books went too far. I don't believe it should be in that minus 250, minus 300 range. But the books are saying Pittsburgh's second favorite. That's kind of interesting. Pittsburgh plus 350, Cleveland plus 425. I think all of that makes a ton of sense, Aaron. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. For me, I had Bengals a lot higher based off. I thought Joe Burrow and this offense was going to get going. So I've <laughs> got to yank that out of there. I'm not going to lie. I don't believe in that anymore. I mean, even their DVOA before the Burrow injury was terrible compared to some of the other teams uh, that I had in my power rankings in the AFC. So yeah, I mean, Probably higher on the Jags, lower on Bengals, Bills, and instead of having Steelers last team out, I'd probably put Steelers in now. Or first Bengals team out, out, I should say. A different yeah. North team yeah. in. A, swapping mm-hmm. out Bengals for the Steelers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, have, I think uh, that makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. So do you guys think that uh, the NFL has cashed in on their integrity fee from the sports books yet after – to the the coach didn't know the co- the coach had no idea. I mean, I, I think yeah. there, was, there was so much going on, and then for that to happen after the Carissa Thompson story that was going on around all day, there was oh, so God. much circling that game last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so how many more na- hashtag narratives do we need in a game yes. like that? You know, and yeah, and of course, like I loved all of the tweets about you know I just spoke to Joe Burrow and he sounds very optimistic. Carissa Thompson, like e- Eric Eager's we tweet were... was oh hilarious. He had a bunch of them. Yeah. He had a bunch of them, but. You know, Eric, who works with Thomas Dimitrov over at Super Sports, like he didn't mind what? throwing out there Joe Burrow and amputation candidate. <laughs> I saw that. Amputee candidate. Or, yes. or uh, Lisa what, what was it? John Harbaugh has solved uh, all of the international crises going on right now per Carissa Thompson. Yes. He was on one last night for sure. Oh, yeah. I, we might as well talk about that for a moment before we dive sure. into all these games. I'll be honest, at first blush, when when I heard the clip of her on part of my take, I was like, okay, people are going to be up in arms about this, and I understand why. I didn't find it shocking, and from her point of view, she was just looking at it and saying, look, I've got to give my bosses something. That's my job. That's why I'm down here. I can't say they wouldn't speak. I can't say they wouldn't offer anything. So I'm just going to give a run-of-the-mill comment that we hear every week on the majority of football games from from coaches. But I do understand the other side. And Aaron, I think you could speak to this more because there are a lot of people that came out on the attack, including well-respected, longtime journalists, you mentioned Lisa Salters, Andrea Kramer was out there, you know, a younger age group as well, like Molly McGrath, uh, too, really going after Carissa Thompson yesterday for what she said. Yeah, it's hard to defend. 
you know, as a woman who's been in this business for over 20 years, it's like sideline reporters have been getting a bad rap. Like it's a pointless job. They Mm -hmm. don't really do anything. Why are they there? And this really sets us back really far by those comments, Mm -hmm. you know, because you could, you could have got something, you could have been scrappier. And even if, you know, you're playing devil's advocate and you're like, okay, Carissa's bosses were like, you got to give us something. And she's just making stuff up. We got to be better on third down. Like, this is exactly why your job is pointless. Why a lot of people say it's pointless. And now you're like, it's just, why did you do that? And I also think it's arrogant. You think you could just go on national television and make stuff up and make a joke out of it? Like, I think that's unacceptable. And I think there should be consequences. Now, do I think maybe sideline reporter jobs are a little bit meaningless at times? Yes. And this just goes mm-hmm. to prove it. And that's why I've always thought that job is a bit unfulfilling. But there are people who do take it seriously and are trying to get real information and reporting what they see down on the sidelines. That's what it's supposed to be. Give us something, you know? And if you're just going to go out there and make a mockery out of it, then I have a problem with that. If it's a 63 to nothing game, then I might argue the play-by-play and color commentator. They don't serve much of a purpose at that (laughs) point because the game's a blowout. Mm -hmm. Game's over. You're not really telling us anything. So in that regard, like, why isn't any other position held to that same kind of criticism? I couldn't agree with you more. I also love that, like, other sideline reporters, Joe, as you were saying, they're regulating each other, right? It's not just, you know, defending because she's successful. They are regulating. And I think that's also a great deal. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM coming up next. Plays for every single NFL game in Week 11 will start in the AFC North with the Browns and the Steelers right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. formation to the right second and goal Watson looking to run oh able to get the pass away from behind the line of scrimmage and Moore has a Browns touchdown Watson stopping on a dime looked like he was going to take off this is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And it's time to talk about Sunday for Week 11. And let's stick in the AFC North, shall we? If the Bengals are out of this race, well, the Steelers and Browns certainly are alive. We we have basically a coin flip here. Browns are one-point favorites in this matchup between the two with a total of just 33. Joe, what do you like here? Yeah, uh, I I wonder if this is going to flip, but I don't know that it would matter all that much. It's fascinating because you have the 6-3 and Steelers with a negative 26-point differential here as as the Mm one-point dog. 28th, 28th in the NFL. Yeah, they are at the near the very bottom there in net yards per play, but the Browns offense was at the very bottom. That was with Deshaun Watson, and that's been my opinion all week long on this for this to move in one week four and a half points 
from Watson to the backup. We were just talking about how much Burrow has worked to the point spread, and it's a minimum touchdown. That's what the elite guys are. What is Watson worth? A bad version of Watson. The four and a half? No, I don't think so at all. So I think the market is off here even though it is DTR and he went through his struggles. Keep in mind that that was against a Ravens defense better than the Steelers. Now the Steelers are really good, but it is, you know, the Steelers on the road. It's, it's not going to Pittsburgh in this spot. And we, we all are in agreement that the Browns defense is the best defensive unit in the NFL. And there's a, a bit of a gap. I would say maybe some would quibble with that and say, nah, you know, the Ravens are pretty close. They're probably second best. Ravens are the best, and they, they're winning games with that defense. They need DTR to not turn the ball over like he did uh, when he was forced into action against the Ravens. Uh, the Browns have had a very difficult schedule. They've had the toughest schedule, according to DVOA, and they're still sitting 6-3 and three on the season, 4-1 and one at home. I think they win this game. So they're certainly going to cover. I'm not going to tease Pittsburgh. It's probably going to be a one-score uh, one score divisional matchup. But the more and more I think about it, the stronger I feel. I like the Browns in the spot, guys. Mm-hmm. I may end up passing on this one. If anything, I would lean Steelers. I know it doesn't make sense that the Steelers have been outgained and they still find themselves <laughs> in the position that they're in. I don't know how long that will continue maybe it's just the magical mike tomlin factor Uh, maybe this is a game of you know who wins the turnover battle uh you gotta look at the interceptions i mean kenny pickett it's hard to back him i mean i would i can't say i want to back kenny pickett with any type of confidence because there are times that this offense just looks stagnant (laughs) so if Mm -hmm. i had to bet i would just bet steelers plus one just because I don't know how they keep doing it, but they do. Well, the public certainly agrees with you, Aaron. Uh, it's the most bet on team on BetMGM, uh, Steelers plus one here. I have originally, mm. I guess throughout the week, Joe, sort of also believed in this idea that, okay, you shouldn't be moving the point spread this much when Deshaun Watson wasn't that good uh, pretty much all season long. And even last year, like we haven't really seen him play that well in a Browns uniform, except really for the last game. Other than that, we haven't had too many shades of brilliance, if at all. So I don't think DTR should be that much of a drop-off to where the line is moving as much as it has. And so if that is my process, then yes, Browns are going to be the play. I think what's interesting, though, is that, okay, DTR is going to play. It doesn't mean that he's going to have to start the rest of the season. Like, you can just have him in this one game or part of a game and then never, ever do it again. That's possible. But also mm-hmm. I find interesting is that Joe Flacco is also working out for the Browns. And to me, this is the ultimate, okay, you're going to a veteran quarterback in terms of a safety net. Whatever you think of Flacco, you know, especially at his age right now, I almost feel like the move is some kind of an insight to where maybe there is just a lack. And look, the Browns should have a lack of confidence uh, given what Walker and to an extent DTR have done this year. But the fact that Flacco is being brought in almost seems to me like, I don't want to call it a moment of desperation because you have to do that. But it does lead me to believe that there is a a slight level of panic. Do you have the same read? Mm, yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Like they've de- they've decided as an organization, anybody but Walker. Isn't that what's happening right now? 
Yeah. We've seen enough. I it's so. anybody but Walker. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Mr. ADW, Elite Quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get Joe Flacco. <laughs> let's have the is is he elite conversation once again. That if you oh, really ah, go that, don't, <laughs> <laughs> I'm having flashbacks just thinking about that. Like if you start doing the Eli Manning thing, like I'm gonna have to throw up. <laughs> so okay, so we've thrown out the idea that they just need a game manager. And they can be okay. Yeah. And and I think they can make the postseason with that. Is Flacco their best option for a game manager? Like you think of some of the other names that have been out there and okay, no, turnover turnover machine. We'll see what DTR is. Walker's not gonna not gonna score enough points for them. Flacco could be that, can't he? Yeah, for sure. Mm. I mean, it's not I, good. I, it's not he, a good option. I mean, we're in the how many quarterbacks have played this year? Like fifty? Like this is where we're at. I don't hate it. You might as well, because if they think, you know, they have something and they don't want to fall off a cliff and DTR is just not the answer, then they got to have a backup plan and be prepared. So at least they're doing that with the insurance policy with a veteran quarterback who should be, should be a game manager. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It is an element of due diligence. That's fine. But the fact that it's him, that puts a little panic in my heart as far as a team I think can make the playoffs. But let's see what DTR can do against a really good Steelers defense. In fact, when we're talking about props in this game, Joe, uh, I've got DTR over 18 and a half rushing yards at minus 120. I think he can evade a couple of uh, blitzers and be able to move the sticks a couple of times. Wouldn't take a whole lot, I think, for him and his athleticism to be able to get to 19 rushing yards. How about some kicking props, too, in this game? Huh? This is what yeah. we've come to know, right? Dustin Hopkins over kicking props. Let's do it. 
That's a good look. That makes sense. I mean, that's the story that the uh, very low total, which might set a record in last decade or so, that, that's the story we're being told that, okay, yeah, you'll get some field goals and, and who knows, touchdowns will be limited. I wouldn't do any time touchdown <laughs> scores. Uh, not in this one, guys. But, yeah, no, kicking field goal props, that, that makes sense to me. Good deal. Good deal. How about we move on to the Bears and the Lions? Detroit's a seven and a half point favorite with a total of 48. Joe, are you embracing the Justin Fields return? Oh, yeah, because that means Tyson Bajent is not going to be on the field. So that's a, that's a pretty <laughs> good thing. That's a step up for the Bears. And no, I mean, the betting market is buying into this, too. I'm not saying the public. I'm saying the betting market, the ones that are betting uh, much more money because this thing touched 10 early in the week and we're sitting at seven and a half, which is now put it in that teaser range. A lot of people are going to tease the lines. I am not going to be one of them. Uh, let's not forget before Fields went down to that injury, what we were seeing from him. He got hurt in the Vikings game, which is a month ago now. So you've got, it takes a minute to think back. But the, the last full game we saw, that was that Thursday night game at Washington, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Before that, a 335 passing yard game from him. It was eight touchdowns, one interception over those two games before he was hurt in the middle um, against the Vikings. So let's not put Fields in this box like he's just god-awful. I mean, we've seen plenty of god-awful this season. And Fields is not that bad. The QB2 for the Bears, he would fit into that category. So I think this one's going to be interesting. Uh, part of the reason the lines are so public is because all they do is cover point spreads. And they love to bet on Jared Goff at home, and I get why. Because his stats are so much better when he's in a controlled environment. And the, the issue can be later in the year when you move him outside. But this one's at home. And the Lions have dominated the division. This is 11 straight covers now, guys. They're going for their 12th straight cover in the division, which is just insane. That's an insane run that they're on right now. I think we're getting enough evidence now where we can say that the reputation of the Lions defense doesn't meet reality. The number of times that they have been lit up. Now, I'm not saying the Bears offense is top half in the league because they clearly aren't. But they are improving. They have a strong run game. Uh, this line's defense gave up 38 to the Chargers a couple weeks ago, 38 to the Ravens. They gave up 24 to the Panthers. You can put up some points. And for them to lay a monster number in a divisional matchup, Eileen Bears, guys, I would not tease the Lions. The, the Bears can hang around, make this a one-score game, and then they're going to be live at the end. Yeah, I agree with you. I am going to stick to props here. You mentioned Jared Goff and how good he's been lately. You you can still find the 267 and a half on his passing prop. 333, 272, 284, 353. I mean, he is going over that on a regular basis in the Bears rank 28th in defensive DVOA. One of my favorite things to do is find bad defenses and a quarterback and look at their prop. And I think Jared Goff is a good look this week. My only concern there, Aaron, would just be game script. Like if they do go nuts here, then mm -hmm. how much will they really be passing? That would just be my one question because there, there I is a path. I think you can still go over that. I think okay. you can still go no, that, over that early. 
Yeah, I'm not no, worried fair. about that, that they're just going to run the ball and he won't be passing maybe towards the end right. of the game. But 267 and a half is still pretty low. If it was in the 300s, mm-hmm. I would be more concerned. No, and that's fair. Like, I mean, we've seen quarterbacks absolutely dominate competition and go over 300 many times this year. I mean, many times because all the offense is down. But has I, I do think that's – Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there there's something fair there. So that's cool. Um, I mentioned yesterday that what's impressed me the most about Jared Goff that he has not done all season long is play well under – or all career long, rather, is play well under pressure. The numbers really back that up. Success rate for him under pressure is close to 40%. That's the highest for him since at least 2018. Completion percentage over expected, 3.4%. That's number one for any season of his. And the whole Justin Fields thing is, okay, yes, he is better, and he's not the worst quarterback out there. That's established. But I wonder if this is just a time when the Lions' defense will come out to shine and absolutely dominate a quarterback who may not be using his feet as much as he normally would. I think too many things point in the Lions' direction for me. The public certainly agrees. They're backing them, second most bet on team uh, per bet MGM. And I love them so much, guys. I think I'm going to make this my alternate spread of the week. Lions you, minus 10 and a half. Let's go, and half? Detroit. I don't okay. care it's a divisional game. Detroit's going nuts. Detroit minus 10 and a half, Joe. All righty. All right. I, I, I think Fields will use his legs. Remember, it's a thumb injury that kept him out for a month, so I, he's going to have sure. to. Uh, this is a David Montgomery revenge spot. Bears are really mm-hmm. good against the run. I mean, EPA per rush, it would suggest that they're actually elite against the run, just as good as the Bucks. The numbers are, are just about dead even. Montgomery's plus 105 to score a touchdown. I prefer to do that over the 48.5 rushing yards. That's interesting. 48.5 uh, for Montgomery. Uh, Gibbs rushing yards is 41.5, even though the Bears are so stout against the run. Uh, that's an interesting uh, – matchup there another one is sweat has been really good man he's come in and made an impact right away so they're going to have that matchup with sewell that's going to be fascinating to watch two games sweat has 10 pressures so so he's certainly uh done his job and and we'll see this turnaround by the bears defense is it about the secondary finally getting healthier is it about the addition of sweat is it about softer competition a lot of those questions are going to be answered because you are facing for sure top 10 arguably top 5 offense in this one joe are you going to look at justin fields rushing props 48 and a half no that's a bit much but yeah i mean he has the ability to break off a 30 35 yarder but 48 and a half is kind of like that yeah. range that's a little bit too high for me i would mm-hmm. okay it's a large spread you guys think that the lions are going to run away with it bears are trailing throughout i would look at the fields passing what is it 203 204 somewhere in that range and the last couple times we saw him he, he and- passed with some success that's also why I think he'll record an interception because game script will mm-hmm. require him to pass a good bit more. And I do like this Lions defensive unit a good bit. Yeah, it has been a little inconsistent at times, but if you know he has to pass, I think that makes life a lot easier. I mean, yeah, he's almost minus... gone over that every time he's hit the field. That's really low. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good minus point. 165. Yeah. Minus 165 for an interception. 
So that that makes sense. I mean, there are times this coaching staff does not like Fields, and there are times that game script forces them to pass, but sometimes they don't have him pass. It's like, what are you guys doing here? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Universally hated. It's wonderful. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, the AFC South race is tightening up between the Texans and Jaguars. Both teams in action as favorites. We'll also look at the Cardinals, Texans, and so much more right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Two wins, San Francisco, Indianapolis, back-to-back weeks. They won without Deshaun Watson. The last couple of weeks, Arizona, oh, a shutout. Yeah, I think somebody else could have put up a field goal. So they probably win that game without Deshaun Watson. And then uh, the Baltimore game this past weekend, maybe you could make the argument that they needed all of 33 points to get that done in the comeback, and he was terrific in that second half. But I'm sensing that we're going to get an overreaction because we just saw him go 14 for 14 in the second half. But the reality, guys, is that Deshaun Watson has been awful in his tenure in Cleveland. And of their six wins now on the season, we can make a case that maybe, maybe there's one game in there that they do not win um, if he's not out there. But that's really it. I, You know, is he a top 20 quarterback right now? As bad as it is right now? Maybe. Maybe. I don't think he's top 15. For me, it's not really about Deshaun Watson. It's their upcoming schedule is pretty tough because Denver might be a lot better than we thought they were course you've got a division game this week with pittsburgh the rams the jags who knows which version of this jags team will show up probably not the good one then the bears texans jets and Bengals. it's not the easiest road i actually like i'm higher on the steelers than i am the browns just because of their head coach but if i'm comparing kenny pickett to deshaun watson I would have leaned Deshaun Watson, honestly, and now I'm not quite sure. When we did our power rankings with best backups, neither of you guys had P.J. Walker in yours. So I'm curious where you're at on that right now. Well, no, I did not. The defense. No, I did not. It's, yeah. The defense. No, I mean, P.J. Walker does stink yet. I mean, there's just no way around it, but – What level of quarterback do you need? You can get by with a bottom five quarterback. When the defense, we just went over there to shut out a couple games to give up three points. Like you don't need much. I mean, that not that the overall point with, with the state of this Cleveland team?
It's first and goal. Fake to Singletary. To the air. Dell will dance, dive, and score! What a play! Tank Dell! Touchdown pass! Stroud! Six-yard bullet! And Dell with the lunge! This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And let's get back to the games. And we'll start with the Cardinals and the Texans. Houston's a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home with a rather large total of 48-and-a-half. Joe, what do you like here? Down a four-and-a-half? Woo! This is, uh, I'm wondering where this is going to close. Can, can we agree that this probably won't close at four and a half or five? Completely. Completely. Yeah. So Would, which, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, the momentum is saying trending down, 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 but a lot of the public all in on the Texans. So I, I'll be taking a close look. I think we're going to be in that three and a half to four range by the time we get there. And remember, that's where we were on the look ahead uh, of three and a half. So obviously remember what happens with the Cardinals last week. You know, what I even like more than the side or the total is McBride. Like, this guy, it doesn't matter if it's Kyler or not, but then it felt like it hit a new level last week with Kyler. McBride had eight grabs, 131 yards. But over the last three weeks, McBride has been targeted 28 times, 248 yards over those three games. So certainly like his props, 54 and a half receiving yards, better than two to one for an anytime touchdown. But um if I'm going to pick a side on this one, I would I would take the Cardinals getting more than a field goal. A lot of the numbers offensively really can't take a look at uh, with Kyler, but uh, Stroud. You know, we thought a week ago, okay, how's he how's he gonna back that 470 up? Well, he found a way to do that. So is he gonna do it for a third consecutive week? There's this avenue here for them to take over the division them to run away with it and when we were talking about that the other day i mean yeah i was looking okay i mean this is normal with rookie quarterbacks you're gonna take step backs right take steps back that happens um but the problem is the opposing quarterbacks that they play not all that great after the next couple of weeks it's kyler trevor lawrence and russ all at home but then after that it is even much softer than that so there is a path for the Texans to win here. Uh, they, they snap for 7.4 yards per play, almost 550 yards last weekend. Uh, I don't know that uh, I don't know that we're gonna see that again. But um, yeah, I think the Cardinals are gonna hang around. They're they're gonna do enough to keep this one score game and cover the number. Yeah, I mean, I like the way I, Kyler Murray was playing. The one thing that concerns me is the Cardinals' defense is so bad against this really good mm-hmm. Texans offense. So, will I bet an over? It came down a little bit, wasn't it? 49, now it's like 47 and a half, 48 and a half. 48 and a half, down Ugh. from 49, yeah. Yeah, I saw 147 and a half. But um, I'm going to stick with C.J. Stroud. I, I Even if... The Texans are up by a bit. I think he's motivated now. He's in the MVP <laughs> conversation. I think stats-wise, he's going to continue to try to pad those stats and you know keep his name in that conversation, whether he could win it or not. If this did become a blowout, which with Kyler Murray looking good, I doubt it will. But even if it did, I'm not worried about going over 262 and a half for CJ Stroud. Maybe even ladder it all passing. All of that good stuff is my favorite play. 
I think, again, Aaron, it is one of those things like how much do you trust the game script here? Because at least for me, yeah, this is a closer spread and probably a a more exciting game because Kyla Murray is going to be out there. But I guess for me, because I took Houston and Survivor and I am officially pot committed, thumbs up. I still think, though, uh, you know, model is at 5.75 for me. Uh, but I also think, though, that there's a path where this game script could get out of hand where the Texans go nuts. But, I mean, again, like, even though that they've done better with the run and establishing that with Singletary, like, Stroud is still utilized a good bit. Like, here is a situation where I don't think game script's going to matter as much, and Stroud just goes off. Uh, regardless of how much they're leading by, because with a rookie quarterback, you want him to constantly earn, grow, add dimensions, wrinkles to the offense. So all that makes sense to me. Um, I lean the other way, Joe, when it comes to Trey McBride. I'm actually going to go under his 54 and a half receiving yard prop. Yeah, I am, because my question is not so much like, what can Kyler Murray do? Because I'm a fan of his. But I think it's also, and I get the idea, like target share, you know, since week eight, uh, he's ranked second among tight ends in target share, third near yard share. I, I get all of that. But do you want to look at just a three-game sample size or more like a six, seven-game sample size in order to determine what he's capable of? I do think that this Texans pass defense is more than competent enough to know, okay, Trey McBride is their most dangerous target. So you need to contain him and force everyone else to step their game up. In other words... I am zigging where everyone else is zagging, Aaron. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, Love it. I, I, I was hoping receptions would be up. I don't see that uh, yet with the target share. I would prefer to go receptions d- depending on the number. But, you know, looking at t- the amount of s- success that tight ends have seen against the Texans as well. And I'm talking mediocre. Like sometimes you look at examples mm-hmm. of that, and you're like, oh, well, yeah, it's Kittle. Or, yeah, it's Mark Andrews went healthy. Oh, sure, Hawkinson, of course. Those are the elite dudes. No, uh, if you go down to – who the hell's Will Mallory? Mallory of the Colts, he had 49 <laughs> yards against them. Evan Ingram, seven catches for four, 67 yards. The Falcons group of tight ends had 176 yards against this defense. Our man, Kate Otten, went off for 70. So I think McBride can do the same. Proud of that guy. I need to do some just for funsies, Kate Otten props. It's been a while. What's his charity? I I will contribute to his charity for the holidays. I'm assuming he has (laughs) one. Yeah, right? Yeah, no big deal. Kate Otten charity. Are you running it, Aaron? (laughs) Yes, I'm I'm his publicist for that. Do you have like a big cardboard check with a word to science on it? Is that how that's going to work? For... <laughs> exactly. Yes. No, that's, yeah, that's him. Fair. Yeah. He's okay. he's involved in uh, my cause, my cleats. So I'm in. Kate Otten. Oh, there you go. Good man. Very Community. nice. Very nice. All right. Let's move on now to the Titans and the Jaguars. Jacksonville, six and a half point favorites, total of 40. Joe, what do you think here? <sighs> Not a fan of this one, guys. I got to be quite honest. This is one, one on the card where I'm like, what do we do here? The, the Jaguars get embarrassed last week by the Niners, and they're home again. For most teams, okay, maybe we can make a case for a bounce-back spot. The Jaguars might be the worst team at home in the NFL. Seriously. They're, below, they're yeah. a quality team. They're 6-3 and three on the year, but they're 2-3 and three there. Net yards per play, dead last in the NFL. At home. 
at negative 1.6. So here are the Titans, an awful road team. They have yet to win a game on the road, and they have a rookie quarterback on the road. Uh, the Titans 0-5 this season. Hey, this this game, the numbers come down, so I find that interesting. It felt like it was set at 7 all week, and then it bumps down to 6.5 over the last 24 hours. You know, history says you, you kind of want to back Vrabel as an underdog. He's got a 500 straight-up record, 29-21, and one against the spread. But I can't say that I love an angle for side. or I mean, total, maybe I can make a case for the under. But the Titans' pass defense still exists, so that concerns me. Maybe Trevor Lawrence gets right here. A game that I'm I'm going to be passing, guys. I really don't have any interest anywhere, and it will not be on the TV. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, <laughs> playing at home for the Jags means absolutely nothing. You would think... Oh. You would think the Jags will be hungry to get back to their winning ways, but I'm not sure. So I don't really want to back them. It seems like a lot of points. If I had to place a bet, I guess it would be on the dog in this matchup. But Will Levis came out strong and then turned into a pumpkin. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to pass all the way around. I think there's a lot of other bets I like, and this game has... Nothing that I'm interested in. God, Levis. <laughs> I mean, so you get these rookie yeah, quarterbacks. Right. Speaking of I pumpkins, my <laughs> speaking of pumpkins, the other day I was walking down the street. I saw my my friend out in front. We were talking for a while, and his little daughter, who I adore, came up to me. She kept pranking me. She kept kicking me in the leg, kicking me in the leg. And when I caught her, I was. She was wow. like, "It was the pumpkin." <laughs> It was the pumpkin, not me, Aww. Coach Joe. That's like, so I mean... cute. How old is she? <laughs> What's she like? She's like four now? Yeah. She, she said I'm her best 14. friend. Wow. She says I'm her best friend, but she re she said she was going to share some of her chocolate from Halloween with me, but then when I went to cash in, oh, no, it's all gone. It's all gone. I don't have chocolate for you, <laughs> <Wow>. Coach Joe. <laughs> wow. She is going to be tons of fun uh, on the playground, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny when it comes to this game. Like, isn't this the time when Derrick Henry starts to go off? Like, if the Titans have firmly established that Will Levis is going to need some more time to kind of get used to playing in the NFL, isn't this Derrick Henry time now? Because it's possible that this game could stay close. Mm -hmm. And if that's the, the situation, then Henry's going to get more touches. Not to mention, we've seen this year after year after year. As the calendar continues to move and we get later and later into the season, it becomes Derrick Henry time. Establishing the run doesn't happen overnight. It happens as the weeks progress. His total, or his uh, rushing yards, rather, just 56 and a half. I love the over yeah. in that Ooh, spot, Joe. That's a low number. I'm surprised. Mm -hmm. Yeah, rookie quarterback, you would think lean on the run a little bit. Sure, that may that that all makes perfect sense. I mean, even last week when you know you can't run on the Bucks, they kept trying. I was like, just stop right. trying. It's not working. So right. yeah, Henry, Henry look make makes sense. Yeah, I really I like, like that. that too. Good look, Ed. You know, and the other thing too with this game is Trevor Lawrence has been very average on passes beyond ten air yards. A good quarterback should be able to slice and dice this secondary. And I just don't know if Lawrence can right now. He's been uh -huh. average in a lot of different ways this year. And I think we keep expecting him to play at a top 10 level. And I don't know if he's done that yet. And I think that's why uh -huh. I don't have a play on the side here, because I certainly don't trust Will Levis. I don't know if I trust Trevor Lawrence either. 
And six and a half is yeah. kind of a larger spread in a situation like this, especially a divisional game. There is a lot I don't like, but the only thing I can trust is Derrick Henry. Boy, how many times have we said that before in our lives? We automatically say, maybe because we're used to it, Trevor Lawrence is the only quarterback from that class. Are we sure? Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones in the first 15 picks. Yeah, we know the other four don't look good, but we haven't seen it yet from Trevor Lawrence for a full season. Right. He, he was only good in comparison to those guys. This is Matthew mm-hmm. Daily presented by Ben MGM. Coming up next, John Daigle will share all of his favorite prop plays for this weekend's card. That's right here on the BetQL Network.